thank you for joining us for this next year turnaround restructuring and insolvency podcast series. We'll be exploring global issues that affect the world economy. I'm your host, Rebecca Harding, and I'll be joined by a selection of experts from around the world in firms that are all part of the Nexia International Network, and all of whom are leaders in turnaround, restructuring and insolvency. Nexia International is a leading global network of independent accounting and consulting firms. All of the experts appearing on this show can be contacted via the Nexia International website. Thank you. In this podcast, we'll be looking at global economic issues and how they've impacted South Africa. We're delighted to welcome as our guest, Annabelle Bishop, Chief Economist at Investec Bank South Africa. She's worked for 25 years in a number of different fields, including macroeconomic, risk, financial markets, political risk, public finance and regulatory. Annabelle won an Economist of the Year Award for 2010 and has won numerous monthly Reuters awards, as well as various focus economics categories for correctly forecasting a range of economic variables. Her articles have been published both abroad and in South Africa, and she is a regular guest lecturer at academic institutions and national and international conferences. Annabelle, hi, it's fantastic to see you again. How are you doing? I'm fine, thank you, Rebecca. And yourself? Yeah, no, I'm good. So tell me about what's going on in South Africa and what is happening down there, because we don't hear a lot about it um, elsewhere in the world. Absolutely. Look, we have a high inflation environment, as you have and the rest of the world has. But of course, we've been seeing inflation easing over the end of last year, and we expect that to continue over the course of this year. And I think from that point of view, you know, what's really happening at the moment is we're looking at the monetary policy, what type of interest rate moves we'll get this year. And of course, at the moment now, we expect that the South African Reserve Bank is probably nearing the end of its interest rate hike trajectory. We're really finding ourselves in a situation where while there are still quite a few uncertainties, inflation may actually fall quicker than expected in the first half of this year. But we are not um, obviously sure about that yet. And our South African Reserve Bank is usually quite conservative. So they usually wait to see evidence of a downward trend in inflation, one which is going to return it to its midpoint of the inflation target of 4.5%. So I think that's the focus at the moment, but of course also as well on global and domestic economic growth. And how about sort of energy prices and food and all the other things that are affecting us in other countries? What's going on with those in South Africa at the moment? So, so we're very much price takers, Rebecca. You know, what happens internationally really affects us here as well. In fact, um, you know, we, we see changes in our fuel prices depending on what happens in terms of the oil price and, of course, as well, what happens with our currency, what happens with the rand. So because we have an energy crisis in South Africa, we're not having sufficient electricity to meet our needs, that of course has created some negative investor sentiment and that has actually negatively impacted our currency and of course you know that is a concern when it comes to inflation, although luckily we've seen some stability in oil prices, so we don't think we're going to see much change in our January inflation figures. And we are hoping that we we do continue to see containment of global commodity prices this year. You know, remember a year ago when we moved into February, there was the Russian-Ukraine war. We saw commodity prices leap up extremely sharply. And of course, that kicked off a very high inflation period. Now, of course, you know, we're going into another um, first half of the year, but given the base effect of high inflation last year, it's actually going to work to suppress inflation this year. 
what about food generally for the people in South Africa? Because obviously food is, is such an important thing. How's that affecting sort of people every day in South Africa at the moment? Well, luckily we are food secure. So we produce enough of our own food. We're not dependent on imports. We do import some food. But of course, our um, commodity prices in South Africa are uh, influenced by global food prices. And as we know, the invasion of Russia into the Ukraine has reduced its acreage, its production area for wheat. There's some concern over global prices later in the year. That's not really coming through very severely now. We're actually seeing, as I said earlier, some stabilization in prices. That, of course, also talks to food prices as well. And we really are, I suppose, in a wait and see period. We're at the start of the year. We've seen inflation come off a bit from 78 to 7.2%. That's the cost of living for people in South Africa. And of course, in South Africa, food prices are the largest component of that cost of living basket. If we have a look going forward, we think that we would probably see commodity prices remain fairly stable in the first half of this year. But again, there are those risks coming through. And of course, one of those is the earlier opening of China than perhaps anticipated. Yes. The stress that that could put on the oil price and of course, in turn, on commodity prices. I just want to take you back to something you you mentioned um, a minute ago, which was the whole energy problems that you have in South Africa, because this was something that featured in the budget, I think, as well, um, which you had a while ago about load shedding. So uh, do you want to talk about the budget generally and how that's affected sort of the economic situation this year and, and whether anything has helped? Yes. Yeah, so, you know, we, we, we do find ourselves in a situation where South Africa has very old coal-fired power stations. Over the past decade, they haven't been sufficiently maintained and repaired. And of course, if we think of a motor vehicle, a car's engine, if you don't take it in for servicing, you don't replace old worn parts, of course, you are liable for breakdowns. That's happened in South Africa. There have been politics as well that have seen vandalism, theft of components at power stations. But really, you know, in 2019, we saw an energy plan from government that said we are going to crowd in the private sector into renewable energy production. That didn't happen. And now we're sitting in 2023 at the start with insufficient electricity. And if we had seen a rapid build from the private sector in terms of renewable energy, we would not be in the severity of the energy crisis that we are in now. You know, it's a very important point to note that our northwestern province in South Africa has the best ability to generate solar energy out of any place in the world. And if we had seen a rapid build there, we obviously would have had a huge amount of um, electricity coming from that source during the daylight hours, which of course is when commerce runs. That's when your industrial production happens. So this has been a huge stumbling block for South Africa. In fact, the president himself recently said that South Africa's regulatory impediments are one of the key causes of the electricity crisis that we have in South Africa. That's interesting. How does that knock on in terms of businesses coming to South Africa and the businesses that are already South African and there and established? How, how does that energy impact those businesses? Well, unfortunately, it actually reduces the will for investors to actually put money in South Africa, bricks and mortar investment. And of course, that's hugely problematic. Our president has been on a drive to um, engender fixed investment in South Africa to raise the levels of fixed investment. And of course, if you have an energy crisis, if you have insufficient 
levels of electricity. And let's also mention as well uh, rail and port transport capacities. Then that obviously is a disincentive, both for foreigners and for domestic um, in, uh, you know, investors. I think also as well, if we have a look at some of the other concerns around our energy crisis, you know, last year we could have had the car power ships come in and deliver a substantial amount of electricity to the grid. It was blocked by our environmental uh, minister. And now it seems as though it's going to be delayed until March this year in terms of the approvals and then to actually get them in will be later in the year as well. Unfortunately, Rebecca, things are taking a very long time to happen in South Africa. There's no quick urgency to solve the problems. And that is often seen as a hallmark of Sorama Pose's presidency, a slow consensus seeking, a slow change. But sadly, it's had a really uh, detrimental effect on um, electricity, for example, the fact that the president hasn't been able to do wide sweeping reforms to remove the regulatory burdens, impediments to the private sector, strong investment in our renewable energy. Look, I mean, we obviously are having some of it go ahead now with bid windows and investment, but, you know, we actually need it built. <laughs> we need it delivering energy to the grid. That's where we really are sitting with the big problem at the moment. And of course, as we know, if we see a, a rapid reopening in China and a strong demand for or a strengthening in demand for metals and minerals, which is South Africa's key export, well, it's going to be hugely problematic if we can't get them to the ports because of our rail and port weakening in capacity. So these are the big issues we sit on at the moment. And unfortunately, we haven't even seen a cabinet reshuffle yet coming from the presidency. It was much anticipated, you know, hoping to bring in our new ANC Deputy President Paul Matashili um, as an implementer in terms of these reforms that are needed. So, so sadly, Rebecca, we're still sitting in, on our hands waiting and seeing. Are there anything that the, the government has introduced that does help business? Any initiatives that are helping business in South Africa? Look, I think, you know, we did see a reduction and then a, a abolition of the uh, threshold for self-generation. And of course, you know, Interestingly, uh, the government in one of our provinces in, in the Western Cape, that's run by a different political party called the DA, they're looking to crowd in private sector energy um, capacity onto the grid, both from households and from businesses. And they believe it can reduce the stages of load shedding quite significantly. Of course, they're having a pump storage and other factors that they are managing to do better than the rest of South Africa. Interestingly, there's been talk of bringing in some small mini nuclear reactors. There's, there's been many talks of, of of different things happening. But again, it tends to be driven by other political parties or, of course, um, the private sector. The government itself, you know, has talks about a seven-point plan. And of course, we can, you know, have a quick look at that if you want in terms of its electricity. And I'll quickly, you know, read it to you that they're saying that they're looking for 100 privately owned power plants to connect to the grid by the end of this year, and that could produce um, 9,000 megawatts. So, of course, much of that's going to be for the company's own use. So, in other words, these private sector companies who, you know, create the, the, these projects, but that then should alleviate some of the pressure on the grid to actually have it used elsewhere. So, of course, now that's a private sector initiative, not a government initiative. But if we look at um, the, the, what they say from their side, they're saying emergency legislation is being developed to allow the foster approval and development of power plants. So, of course, you know, if we can have that legislation enacted, 
emergency legislation and not just sitting in the phase of being developed, that that would obviously be very helpful. They're also saying that contracts for the construction of plants um, of renewable energy have been signed and construction will begin soon. So, of course, you know, that talks to what we chatted about earlier, that, you know, some uh, bid windows, um, you know, have been successful, been going ahead, but really um, nothing dramatic. Another um, small amount of energy being imported from neighbouring countries this year and, of course, also from private producers. None of those are obviously enough for um, a resolution of electricity crisis, although, of course, every little bit helps. So my answer to your question is sadly no. We haven't really seen any big sea change announcements coming through from government, which could really um, solve the energy crisis in the next six months. It really is rather going to be something which is um, hopefully resolved over the next year to two years. So taking you back to some of the geopolitical issues that you've touched on, would you like to expand a bit more on on some of the impact of China and and Europe and other things going on around the world as, as well as Ukraine? So the important point to note really at the start of this answer is that South Africa is a small open economy and it's really um, heavily influenced what happens in terms of global trade flows and global economic growth. And of course, um, very much here, we're talking about the demand for its goods and services. I think something quite cheering, Rebecca, that you know I read at the end of last week is that the IMF is now saying that it believes that the world could avoid a recession. And of course, you know, we are starting to see these glimmers of hope. We certainly saw them in the fourth quarter of last year that the global economy might see a less severe recession than was factored in. Of course, that allowed some recovery in global um, equity markets, some risk-taking in financial markets. As we move into the start of this year now, the IMF is saying that it believes we may even avoid a recession completely for the global economy. It's looking at a growth rate of 2.7%. So these are the very latest comments that are actually coming out. Of course, you know, next week we do get the World Economic Outlook from the IMF where it produces all its economic forecasts and will really give us a good idea of the sense of, you know, what they're looking for the year ahead. But, you know, that aside, if we have a look at the US labor markets, if we have a look at some of the performance of other economies, you know, some they've actually done better than expected, you know, looking at Germany recently, Europe, of course, um, the labor market in the United States still strong. All of these factors are really indicating that perhaps um, some of the fears that were built in about the severity of what's happening globally might prove less extreme than was expected. I think, you know, for South Africa, obviously that would be positive, but, you know, much is really going to depend on how quickly or how determined our, our, our national executive is um, in, in charge in the state in terms of actually helping South Africa get, um, you know, really what it needs to drive a strong economic growth. And of course, also just reducing the um, burden that South Africa faces from a regulatory perspective, increasing the ease of doing business. So, you know, that's something we've talked about many, many times before. One thing I did want to mention is there are still some risks in the system. Russia's advancement into the Ukraine reducing its production of wheat. Of course, that has a big risk for higher grain prices this year. And we all know how important, you know, food price inflation is in terms of the overall cost of living and the inflation figures itself. So I think it would be premature to call an end to the interest rate hike cycles internationally, whether it's in the United States or South Africa. I think it would even be premature to expect in January, um, you know, that we would see, for example, South Africa, you know, move to a quarter percent instead of a half a percent hike. Just, you know, just to clarify, South Africa was seeing three quarters of a percent, 75 basis point increases last year. So, So we still are sitting in a risky period. It looks like things could get better. It looks like, you know, inflation will come down quite quickly. We probably won't have a severe recession this year, if one at all, globally. And 
things could well improve from the unpleasant um, atmosphere, really, that we had in financial markets in, tw- in 2022. But um, th- there still are some concerns. And I think, you know, from that perspective, we wouldn't call an end to the interest rate hike cycle yet. But we would say that, you know, by the um, second quarter, it should certainly start to end for many countries. And I think that itself will obviously create some improvement. We're also expecting to see a recovery in the global economy in the second half of the year as well. And in turn, again, that would be positive for South Africa for um, many of its exports. So what do you see for business then this year? Um, Taking all that into account, how, how do you see the business picture changing over the next year in your crystal ball? Yes, I think for businesses, they're still going to have a fairly high um, interest rate environment. You know, we saw that big run up in borrowing costs last year. That's not going to fall away this year. We obviously have found that, you know, for the indebted, there has been some deflation of debt, and that particularly stands true for um, countries, for, for, for government debt, but of course, as well, corporates as well. So we are hoping that this year is a year of improvement year of strengthening, but it also still needs to be a year of caution. You know, we we, we obviously saw the black swan events of COVID in 2020, the Russian-Ukraine war in 2022. And of course, you know, we do still pull some of those effects over into 2023, one of which is deglobalization, you know, the reduction in global trade and the concomitant um, strain on the global supply chains and prices. So we're hoping that 2023 and 2024 will be an unwinding of these pressures and, of course, you know, lead to an improved environment. But as usual, you know, there does need to be concern over risk elements. Annabelle, that was fantastic advice and a wonderful, wonderful podcast. Thank you so much for your help. It's lovely to see you. Thank you, Rebecca. Thank you very, very much. Cheerio. All right. Take care. Thank you so much for joining us. This podcast was brought to you by the Nexia Turnaround Restructuring and Insolvency Business Group. The group was formed to bring together financial, legal and operational expertise from across the Nexia network to support global clients and international business at times of operational challenges and financial distress. If you want to get in touch with any of our speakers, then please click the link accompanying this podcast or visit the Nexia website. All views expressed in this podcast are individual opinions and do not constitute professional advice. You're advised to seek professional advice if you want to see how an issue applies to your own situation.